Welcome back to State of the Franchise, the podcast that talks about franchises of all shapes, sizes, colors, genres, and type. I'm your host, Tom Stadler, here with my lovely co-host, Fred Dakin. Oh, hold on. I gotta I gotta take off my sleep apnea mask. I have some breathing issues, but I'm a lot better now. That's that's good to see, Fred. You had me nervous for a second. I thought uh, I felt an ominous presence in the force today. Ooh, you better watch out. And Fred, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you indeed. I am quite excited for today's episode because I don't think we've been able to talk about video games first and foremost for a while. This is our I mean, fir- we did Crash Bandicoot, which we did talk about, but I feel mostly we got like a TED Talk on it by Dan. Yeah. No hate on Dan. I learned so much. He educated us about every facet of Crash Bandicoot that we could have ever hoped to love or even know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we do love that game I and mean, that's why we talked about it, but. Absolutely. And and talking about loving things, Fred, getting into a very beloved franchise that is Star Wars today. Are you prepared? Oh, I'm very prepared. I'm I kind of like this Star Wars stuff. I don't know if you're if you're big on it or if you're if you you can't keep up with it all. But I I would describe myself as lukewarm on it. That was a chewy noise. How can we not use puns throughout the episode? I've always taken issue with that. My hot take is that May 4th should not be Star Wars Day because it's based on a pun. (laughs) We're cringing through the holiday, aren't we? Yoda man. I don't know. Oh, yep. So so this, this is this is our this is what we're doing today. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the little known franchise called star wars it's a uh, a story about uh the war between the dark side and the light galactic civil war involving the galactic empire and the allied rebels on one side um there's space wizards there's spaceships and all sorts of ships blood <laughs> diseases there's blood diseases there's uh bacteria that give people magic powers these diners yeah, there is 50 diners. There's a lot of different types of bars, too. And they all look the same. <laughs> Every bar looks the same in this galaxy. That is the galaxy far, far away, obviously. Um, you know, and, and the most famous war, Fred, is the fans against the creators. Because uh, in recent years, they, they have been quite vocal about their displeasure and their pleasure with certain things. The Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace. Man, we're going to set a record for puns today. I'm excited for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I wanted to ask you, Fred, you know, so when we're talking about Star Wars video games, we're obviously going to talk about the movies today. That's another podcast. Uh, We're talking about over 100 different games based on the Star Wars franchise. A lot of games. And it dates back to like the earliest forms of video games, like all the way back to the arcades, the the cabinets that were there, the Atari. I mean, you can track uh, the evolution of video games through Star Wars games. You really can. 
because obviously Star Wars came out pretty much right around the time that video games took off. Um, what was your first experience? Let's start with Star Wars in general. What was your first experience with Star Wars? And then when did you come into any of the video games? Well, I feel Star Wars was pretty special because we living on the farm in my small town didn't have very many VHSs, but we did have the OG Star Wars pack. So I'm one of the kids of my generation who grew up. Hold on. Wait. You were born in a small town, Fred? Yeah, I grew up in a small town, sucking down, sucking down chili dogs outside of, outside of Tasty Sheets, not a Tasty Freeze, a Tasty Sheets, uh, for sure, or a Wawa. Um, <laughs> but uh, so we had the VHSs, and I'm like, I feel there's a lot of people like me. Mm-hmm. I just came into being my, you know, ability to remember stuff just knowing Star Wars, like. It was around me like no one was like sitting me down. I was like, all right, here's Star Wars. You know, it was just right. like there. It was a thing already. Do you feel like you even got to appreciate some of the original twists, like with Vader being Luke's father? Not at all. Like, I think the best moment from those days, I remember coming home and not knowing about the uh special editions, which at the time were very exciting yes. and very cool, especially if you were a young person. Mm-hmm. I also I did see the first movie remade in special edition, like when they put them in theaters. Oh yeah. Which Me too. They were like huge grocers. <laughs> like they made lots of money and yeah. uh, I, I definitely fell asleep during it. I know that because I was very small. But yeah, it was definitely just a part of my life. I remember, I don't know how it came up, but my memory that I always relate to Star Wars is my dad was a big Star Wars fan. And I remember before he we went to bed, he wanted to show like my mom something from the special features in the beginning. I don't know if you remember when you put in the VHS, there was like 10, 15 minutes of like bonus features. Yeah. And there was also like interviews like it was Leonard Malton and George Lucas just like talking and they split it up across the first trilogy. I don't even think that was the special edition. I think that was just the original VHS like, I was going to say, did, this came in like a three-cat pack, like box set, right? Yeah, a very yeah. beautiful box set, which I never wanted to collect VHSs, but I always thought it'd be cool to collect like double and triple VHS packs because it just looks so beefy and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my history. I also had a hand-me-down set of all the toys. Like, I had oh, yeah. Indoor Forest um i had plastic lightsabers so i was definitely like it was everywhere for uh, for me that's awesome i mean i appreciate the fact that it sounds like you had a very similar upbringing to how i did where you are just kind of like melded into the world of star wars without even really being conscientious of what it really is at a very young age and you just sort of grow up knowing these characters and these you know things and obviously then if i could uh make an assumption came across this uh prequel that started coming out and what what was that like oh the prequel it was a pretty big deal we i remember going to see it on like the friday night at eight o'clock or some like 
late for a young one because it was 99, 98 that it mm-hmm. came out. 99. 99. So I was nine. Mm-hmm. So I do remember going and enjoying it. I do remember it being kind of slow. I do kind of remember it was the first time I felt like length in a movie because I think it was a theater experience. Sure. But uh, yeah, I know that was that was one of the last movies I saw with my dad. I'm pretty sure uh, that was like two years before he died. The last one was the worst though. We saw Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Oh no, the, the burning one. Oh. And the worst part was he was so excited for Lord of the Rings. And it, I feel like, even though they were different, like, I was like, man, I wish he made it for fucking Lord of the Rings because that would have was a lot better movie to go out on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. But at least you guys did get to share a Star Wars experience together in the theater like that. Um, oh, yeah. It was special for sure. Yeah, it's great to hear that he was the one that kind of got you into it, too. I'll jump into the games, but I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I did want to say I also didn't know how entrenched in Star Wars I was when I went to Disney World when I was like seven or eight. We went to the Indiana Jones adventure like show or whatever. Yeah. And at the end of it, my dad said, you know, there's movies about Indiana Jones and they saw Han Solo. And there's three of them, <laughs> and I just remember, like, my brain melting. <laughs> but um, when it comes to the games, the first game I remember, which I don't remember the name of, but I'm sure you can give it to me, it was the N64 game where Luke was, like, beefy as hell. Ooh. Or whoever you're playing as. It's like a first-person or third-person action Star Wars game. I could look it up if you don't know. I believe name, but... that you're talking about Shadows of the Empire. Yes, that is the one. That was the first one. I remember it being very hard yeah. for me. But I also remember looking at it and being like, Luke Skywalker looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in this game. Well, that would be because that was not Luke, actually. What? Um, I always assumed it was because I was a kid. <laughs> if the game you are talking about is, in fact, <laughs> Shadows of the Empire, um, no, the the character that you're playing as is named Dash Rendar. That's a guy that sounds beefy. He does. He does sound beefy, and he he looks beefy. Does he have like a blue tank going? Yeah, he. I think so. If you look at Dash Rendar, and we'll be talking a little bit more about Shadows of the Empire as we get into it later. He like he looks like. Um, the dude who ended up playing young Han Solo in the Solo movie. Alden Ehrenreich? Yes. Oh, looking at, I, I uh, just pulled up images and I saw the cartridge and that's enough for me to know, yes, that was the game. Okay. That was my first Star Wars game. That's pretty incredible. That is, uh, that was a pretty big deal at the time. I remember a lot of people talking about Shadows of the Empire and it kind of fits that that would have been your first intro into the series too, because I came out in 96, I believe. It was a pretty golden age for the Star Wars video games around that point, too. So what about you? I know you're a little bit older and you also had access to some older systems. <laughs> Were you playing like Super Star Wars or what What was your first game? You know, the the funny thing is, is I didn't really get into any of the Star Wars games because there weren't a lot of easily accessible Star Wars games I felt like when I was growing up. So 
Because when when I was young, as I kind of mentioned, you know, I was like kind of grow up into it, same as you, and you kind of know the movies or whatever. But I was a Sega Genesis kid, and Sega Genesis didn't really have any Star Wars games that were notable. I don't know if they have any license to it. So the only access I would have had to Star Wars was through a Super Nintendo, uh, which my cousin owned. So I would go over there and play with him. But even then, I don't remember playing any Star Wars games. So the first one that I truly remember was when I finally got a PlayStation and I got Masters of Terrace Cassie, which was a fighting game that took place in the expanded universe, which now is Star Wars Legends because Disney wanted to decanonize the entire expanded universe. And I just remember being blown away because it really is like a versus mode fighting game where kind of like Tekken, kind of like Street Fighter a little bit, but it was used a lot of those 3D graphics like Tekken. Oh, okay. And it was pretty intense, but the it was pretty incredible because they had a lot of characters that weren't actually in the series, like Mara Jade, who is Luke Skywalker's non-canonized wife what? that he meets. <laughs> yeah. You not know about Mara Jade? No, I never know. I just thought Luke was like my sister or no one. <laughs> no. Yeah, there was a uh, a whole character written in that, that uh, Zion uh, trilogy that came out probably around the late 90s or early 90s. Like the books? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they unfortunately, well, I guess they're kind of reintroducing a lot of those characters now, which is cool. But it's a bummer that they they just kind of basically shot down everything that Lucas was like, this is canon. This is OK. We can have this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have to write everything. <laughs> yeah, he didn't think he was going to be selling it to Disney, I don't think. <laughs> no, at that time, he thought he still had the big moneymaker on his hand, which is uh, a lot of what came into play when we started talking about the history of the star Wars video games, because really it was just kind of another means of him to capitalize on something with the star Wars label on it. For sure. And as we kind of move forward here, getting into a sort of our history and highlights piece, the, the first star Wars games were licensed under this title called Lucasfilm games mm-hmm. that later became LucasArts. Uh, that wasn't until 1993. So Lucasfilm Games was first developed in 1979. Jeez. So we're talking Pong era arcade cabinets when he started thinking about this. And that was developed with like Atari then too, where we had a, a few of those games. My question to you, have you actually played any of these games on Atari or ever seen them on Atari? I've just seen clips. The The earliest game that I've played as of now, is Super Star Wars. Oh, okay. So Super Nintendo was like, or furthest back you go. That's the furthest. Like, I've played those recently, though. They came with Battlefront. Mm. And that's when okay. I played them. So, like, 2015. Okay. Yeah, that's fun that those actually were on the Battlefront game. I totally missed that oh, at yeah. some point. I got a bundle, and I don't know if it was Battlefront or Battlefront 2, but I have uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunter which is a Django Ooh. Fett game. I have yeah. like one of the pod racing games and one other game, like some kind of older titles, but I sometimes mm-hmm. download them and play them for fun. <laughs> I actually never got to play Bounty Hunter. And 
I'll I'll get into it later because I know there's a lot of love for Pod Racer, or I guess what is it called, Episode One Racer, but wasn't my jam. <laughs> I don't know if that's controversial or not. You don't seem too upset. I don't. Know. I think it's it's well, it's how I feel about any of those racing games. If it's not Mario Kart or Crash Bash or or Crash Team Racing, like. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested, really. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. I'm not a huge or Diddy Kong Racing. That was also right. any of those Mario Kart clones. You know, like at the end yeah. of the day, I can get right. to those. But the pod racing, it's fine. It's cool. It's got the aesthetic of Star Wars, which is you know that brings a lot to a game just to have like the music, the aesthetics, the weapons, the characters, like. You know, yeah, that already kind of gets you halfway into the water. No, that's absolutely true. And it it did look beautiful at the time. Now it just looks like a bunch of blocks because that's what every video game from two generations or three generations ago looks like. But when we're talking about this early era, I mean, it really was blocks like the it looks like asteroids, but even like a more downgraded version of asteroids. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back game. And I think I played one of them because I remember being really excited. My dad had an Atari from way back in the day, Atari 2600. My grandma kept it. So I remember playing that. And they had like Mario Brothers on there and they had Popeye and like all these like like weird games. And I remember trying Empire Strikes Back and be like, oh, this is going to be awesome. It is the lamest <laughs> game. <laughs> you just fly it like an ATAT, but it barely looks like. At ATAT, you just looks like you're flying at a a pillar. <laughs> I know they had a game that looked like Pong. That was a Star Wars game. I saw yeah. and I watched like all the clips. So yeah, they they had everything. I think you're thinking of Jedi Arena, yes. which is also for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. And yeah, that's basically Pong with lasers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the reflective of the scene where Luke is doing the training on. Uh, the Millennium Falcon with Obi-Wan. Yeah, it's got the ball, right? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. And you're just supposed to reflect the lasers back at your opponent. And whoever lets it go past into their goal loses. Um, and then you did have a game that was really like Asteroids. The other big game from that era was Return of the Jedi, Death Star Battle. And that was really, I mean, it's like a split screen where the Death Star is on top. The ship's on the bottom. You're just shooting down TIE fighters, but it looks like you're just shooting dots. Uh-huh. And I mean, I think that the, the whole MO for these early games and when they started making these before the Super Nintendo generation is they were just trying to like kind of play off the best scenes from the trilogy and be like, oh, look, you can go and do this now. But it, it wasn't intuitive. It's just sort of like playing the hits but in a very like downgraded very simple way right i don't think they get the uh playing scenes from movie part till much later no and i mean even then it's like night and day because i just remember doing the trench run in like rogue squadron 2 on gamecube and i remember being blown away I was like, this is amazing this is exactly what i wanted 
and you didn't get that till that point. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say even just the first Rogue Squadron game on GameCube, um, those games were the ones I think, at least from like the you know craft you know flying craft perspective, really let you do the stuff from the movies you wanted to do. Yeah, it was interesting because when I was looking through the research here, there was a bunch of like Star Wars arcade games too, where you were like in a wireframe X-Wing going through the trench. And it's just very, it kind of felt like almost like a flight simulator or like the old, like, like, yeah, that stuff from like, I'm even thinking like war games. If you've seen that. Right. <laughs> but, I, do, I do like the star Wars arcade game where it was just the joystick and yeah. it could function as like multiple types of games. Like it could be a lightsaber at the end, or it could be like the aircraft or you were flying the speeders in Endor at the, you know, at the end of Return of Jedi. Yeah. So that, I know what you're talking about, too. That was the next generation of the Star Wars arcade game. This uh, early one was just like a green wireframe, like, outline of the trench. It looked like it looked like Luke's radar when he's yeah, flying was through the trench. That. I was like, it looks like they're, like, comm feeds or whatever. Yeah. But then later on, they did come out with an arcade game that you're, it's exactly the one you're talking about, where you sit in like the seat, you have the joystick, and you're like going through all the different scenes, and it kind of doubles for everything. That game slaps. Yeah, that might have been the first put you in the movie like experience for me. Cause I remember being on the boardwalk of Ocean City and like playing that in an arcade and it being wild. Definitely. I think the first time I played that was in Disney World and just being like floored at all the different things you could do like that. You couldn't pump enough quarters into that thing to keep going. I am very excited to go to Galaxy's Edge in November. Oh, yeah. Is that coming up? It's coming up. I heard if you get there early, you can get like they have specialty brunch drinks. And you can get a Rancor Bloody Mary. I don't know what that is. What? I want one. That's outstanding. Do you get the blue milk, though, too, with lunch? I or hear you just they got blue that? milk everywhere. I don't need to try blue milk. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, do, you, do you even... You saw where that shit came from, right? It comes from that, like, weird monster thing, according to The Last Jedi. Yeah, like that Ebu. Yeah, I'm not drinking that. We might have to save our last Jedi takes for another podcast because I got a lot of them. And I think they'll make people unhappy because I don't have a sour opinion of that movie. Oh, I I think, although I'm not going to open it too big, I will say this. I think it's the best of the three, even though it makes me angry. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I fully, I fully agree with that one. Um. There's not a whole lot to say because it really were just exploring and scratching the surface on what the rest of these games would become. The last one I was going to mention was that there are a couple Star Wars side scrollers that they did for the NES. And it's funny because there's there's two different versions. There's a English version that was released in America that it's very standard, it's very okay. It feels kind of like the Batman NES game if you ever played that yeah. or yeah, just very kind of like, okay, jump on platforms, shoot, you know, you get a lightsaber at some point, you swing. Like very 
simplistic version of Super Star Wars. Did they have pterodactyls? <laughs> they all, probably did. <laughs> that's all I remember from Super Star Wars are pterodactyls. Yeah. It's, it's Super Star Wars is super extra. It is. Like, <laughs> it's just outrageous. Um, but there's a Japanese version of the Star Wars NES game that's totally different because you kind of go around and it feels a little more fluid almost like a Mega Man game where you just have a, like a lot more power ups there's a little bit more like gusto to all the scenery but there's this whole random segment where they start really taking some extreme liberties and you go into a sand crawler while you're on tattooing and you run into Darth Vader and if you defeat Vader he turns into a scorpion Whoa. <laughs> It's a fake video. <laughs> it's completely jarring. I was watching a playthrough of this and just losing my mind a little bit. I would love to see it <laughs> in this Obi-Wan show. <laughs> he liked the. Fa- <laughs> I could just imagine it. The look at his it's face. Gonna, he's, it's going to be Hayden Christensen coming out looking like The Rock in The Mummy Returns. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Just because I would have, I really want to see them CGI just some terrible scars on Hayden Christensen again. I shouldn't say the scars look bad, they but they did look a little. I don't know. That was still in the early era of CGI, which yeah, it was rough times. Barely that pretty much describes the entire prequel trilogy. The CGI in Phantom Menace does not hold up very well. No, not really. Yeah, but let's start getting into the following era because in '93. Lucas really wanted to jump into the video game market. So up until that point, Lucasfilm Games was very much kind of this licensing business that, you know, they did a couple of their own games, like they did the arcade games, but they were really trying to like license it out to anybody who could grab it, which is why Atari did a couple games. And, but finally in 93, I think Lucas saw this opportunity to kind of, well, I think at first and foremost, there's a whole story about how he wanted a tax break. <laughs> so he gives a little more money. Get these, get these tax people off my back. I, I, I'm just not getting enough toy, toy money in anymore. I need a little something. Why, why does the tax man need me? Steven already gets 10% of this franchise. <laughs> 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 so he develops LucasArts where they can have a little more creative control because they're making all the games. And LucasArts became a revelation, not only for Star Wars, but for several games. People who have played the Secret of Monkey Island uh, series, people who have played Grim Fandango. Um, they eventually became Telltale Games down the line who made a lot of big games like Walking Dead, Batman. Like the story game. Yeah. Right? They are the point and click like kings. And I'm a sucker for point and click games. So anything that had <laughs> that LucasArts stamp on it, I usually jump on it. LucasArts always had the best like intro credits, whatever you want to call it for all their games. Absolutely. I can remember like, I, and I, I'm, I'm imagining you're thinking of the same thing with a logo is like shows like somebody like holding like a ray of sunshine and then it turns into a lightsaber. Right. Yeah. That's, that's definitely one. I remember there's like a marching one where a bunch of those yellow guys are marching. I think they might turn into stormtroopers or something like that. <laughs> that's pretty great. 
I mean, this though became the golden era of Star Wars video games, you know, and no offense to any of the games that came out recently because there's been a couple of really fun ones, but this is where we start getting into our Super Star Wars and we start getting into the PC games that were so big. Um, Shadows of the Empire, which you brought up. So what would you say is your favorite? It's honestly just going to be Rogue Squadron because it's, and that's not even quite to where you're talking about because really other than that Shadows of the Empire game and the pod racing, I don't know, that's still a little too early. Like those are like my first three that I've really messed with other than Super Star Wars. Okay. Well, yeah, let's talk a little bit about Super Star Wars then. Uh, just to kind of talk, because that was really the first series of games that started hitting. You know, they're on the Super Nintendo. They are, as we mentioned, very over the top with pterodactyls and monsters and enemies that aren't in the movies. I mean, what are what are some of your feelings on the Super Star Wars games in general? I mean, all those kind of games, I... Do I get nostalgic for and I play them for like 10 minutes and I'm like, well, that's that's enough of that because they're just too hard for me. I'm not from that generation of gamer that played a lot of Nintendo or Super Nintendo. Yeah, because all those games are just hard. Any of those side scrolling older games, they're frustrating, too. I would say the Super Star Wars game remind me of two games that I liked a lot. The Aladdin, the Lion King game. Oh, yeah. You know, of course, those are games I was always about. <laughs> and they're very much like, just like, uh, timidly jumping, anxiously jumping, like, <laughs> all that kind of stuff, which I do enjoy. But yeah, I'm not cut of the cloth of where I can just jam out on that all day. Yeah, I hear you. They are notoriously difficult. I'll say that when you look at the pantheon of, I mean, not beyond Star Wars games, I think they're you know, well-regarded as probably one of the harder games from the Super Nintendo generation uh, or the the 32-bit generation, I guess. But yeah, I think there's definitely easier games that came afterward that everybody enjoyed a little bit more. Did you ever mess with any of the PC games? I did not. Any <laughs> only PC games I played were like, um instructional i played a lot of like mega math blaster and where's carmen san diego like i never got yeah real pc gaming no me either and part of the problem was and this is what i kind of meant when i said it's not as accessible is that i didn't have a pc growing up we were a mac family ah and so whenever new games would come out like these popular ones like tie fighter or dark forces uh, like I couldn't play them because they were just not available to me. And if I tried to play them on the crappy Mac that I had, they wouldn't operate very well, or they would require a newer OS that I couldn't upgrade to. And yeah, I remember a lot of that. Like I was a PC family, but we were still just kind of behind. And I remember like borrowing games or even buying games and they wouldn't work because my PC was too old. Oh man. That's such a So bummer. I think that also just added to why I don't like mess with PC today. Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I just like that shit doesn't work and I like a joystick <laughs> and I've heard from so many people, well, you can set up a joystick and I'm like, I've tried. It's not the same. It's not. 
The only time it ever felt the same is when I got a Super Nintendo controller for the PC or for a computer that you can hook up. And it felt like that because I felt like I was I was back in my element a little bit and everything else looked the same. I did for a while when I was in college play a lot of emulators with a uh, Xbox controller. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That's probably where I played most of my uh, Nintendo and Super Nintendo games because I would probably just go through all the emulators and play any of the movie ones. Oh, absolutely. Star Wars, the Batman. So a lot of the Super Nintendo ones I've played at least five minutes of. Those are pretty classic. (laughs) Uh, Just to talk through the PC games, though, for a little bit. Because there was a TIE Fighter game that I do recall seeing, not really playing. And I watched a little bit of the playthrough, but basically it, it's kind of like how they had those like dogfighting games, you know, from World War II where you're, you know, a bomber from Britain, you know, in the Battle of Britain and you're fighting right. against the Nazis. So, I mean, you basically take that kind of idea and you skin over TIE Fighters and X-Wings, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, it looked super fun, you know, and you had the little like cool animation cutscenes in between. on the verge of success and i think that really brought a lot of people into a new era of what star wars could be because they then developed dark forces which was like an fps that looks a lot like doom and that turned into you know something even more of its own because then it became the jedi knight series for sure yeah i had no idea there were so many you know pc games but i had the feeling they kind of had those kind of war style games for uh, Star Wars, because I went through the whole thing is if there's a type of game you like to play, there's a Star Wars version of it. That's true. You can be a Jedi. You can be a pilot. You can be just some foot soldier going running around gunning people down. You could be card collecting or running drinks via whatever that game is where you like Dinner Rush. They have like Dinner Rush, but it's in like Jabba's Palace. Mm hmm. So even if you're kind of like a freemium gamer or trading card gamer, they have Star Wars games for you. Right. And, oh, man, they just kept going deeper and deeper. I just remember there being, even outside of the video game circuit, there was like Star Wars Monopoly. There was Star Wars. <laughs> I had Ooh. Star Wars Monopoly down somewhere because I watched it and I was like, I would play that. That looks good. It does fuck fun. <laughs> I mean, just to have the territories, I think it would be be great. But as we kind of move forward from PC, we're talking about the, you know, these next gen consoles, next gen for the time around the late 90s, where we did have PlayStation and N64, which sounds like is where we jumped in really headfirst with this Star Wars video gaming. And my thought is they're really took it to another level once they had access to those technologies. Now, do you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Uh, They, well, just how I said, there's kind of a version of uh, a Star Wars game for every style of game. I can, when I was watching the breakdown of all the different Star Wars games, like they have a game, I don't know the name of it, that looks just like GoldenEye. So they were like matching the games of the time, you know? So I definitely agree. And also just because they could do more with the games, I feel people were able to kind of tap into the Star Wars-ness of it because 
like that Shadow of the Empire game, you're playing as a Jedi on the ground, which, I mean, it, that's, it feels different than in being in Super Star Wars. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, it did. It really did have that feel of being, yeah, like like a GoldenEye game or like, uh, I'm, I'm almost like thinking like Legend of Zelda to an extent. Like, it's just kind of an For open sure, world yeah, map, right? Yeah. Yeah, what were um, some of your memories from Shadows of the Empire? Not many, just kind of, I know, like, family, friends, they had that game. Because this is a teen game, Mm -hmm. you know, I just couldn't have a teen game. (laughs) I didn't have GoldenEye. I had to go over to a friend's house and play it. And that's how Shadows of the Empire was. And that's probably why I don't, my memory of it is probably being at a friend's house and, like, starting up and playing for 10 minutes and then, like, you know, having to go do something else. Sure. It is interesting, though, because this game does take place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And that's one of the first times. I mean, obviously, there's games before that that took on this. But first times I felt like I was aware of story outside of the three major movies. Mm -hmm. And I think I was just not at a uh, point to conceptualize that i was more like oh it's star wars game i wasn't thinking like oh like the implications of if this is a story this is a story within the world of the star wars that i know and it could have impacts and the thought of canon was not coming to mind (laughs) when i was that age. you know what i'm saying right which is funny though too because then they ended up decanonizing this game right (laughs) it's just again it's just sort of too bad that you had all these people who are these very avid fans and authors who wrote all this content to build out this universe that were embraced by George Lucas to now just kind of be like, well, if Disney doesn't bless it, it doesn't. Uh, Cause that, that was very similar to on the flip side on PlayStation, which you're talking about with Luke Skywalker's wife, masters of Terrace Cassie, which again, I got to mention was kind of like a Tekken game and it, it really pushed forward, I think, to that level of what Shadows of the Empire was doing. Again, those 3D graphics really integrated into console play outside of PC. Because PC, it just felt like its own world. But what getting these 3D characters in the console, it started to feel like you were in the environment a little bit more. And while Masters of Terrace Cassie is not like the integral playground that you got with Shadows of the Empire, it definitely was cool to see these like 3d characters where you could fight as Luke with a lightsaber. And I just remember that first experience being, this is insane. Like I've got Luke fighting Boba Fett here, just one-on-one, you know, head to head. (laughs) But then you, you start playing as these other characters, like I said, like Mara Jade. And I'm like, who the hell is Mara Jade? And this was back in the era where you got to look at the little guidebook that came with your game. Right. (laughs) Right. And I remember renting this from blockbuster and everybody always, had these beat up ass manuals that the game slots. So I've tried to read this thing. They're like, yeah, Mara Jade, who was a apprentice of the dark side with Darth Sidious. And I'm like, what? When did this happen? (laughs) Like, (laughs) was she in the movies? Uh, But yeah, so I think that was probably my awakening at that point in a different game to the idea that there's story beyond what we've seen so far and my imagination started going crazy of like, 
there's story after Return of the Jedi. Wait a minute. Hold on. This is crazy. Because then I was dying for episode seven up until episode seven happened. And well, we all know how things went from there. Although that first experience in episode seven was was very fun. It was a lovely time. It was a lovely time. That's how I describe it. But it's funny now when we approach a Star Wars project, we're like, okay, when does this take place? Like, we we already kind of have this, like, firsthand that, like, when we go into a Star Wars, we kind of want to, like, map it to the original trilogy. Like, does this happen before three or after seven or, you know? Yeah. And that really is the era we're kind of living in now. Again, this is a whole other podcast that we're we're well avoiding here. But um, to think about like the Mandalorian now it takes place after Return of the Jedi. This Obi-Wan show that's about to come out is, uh, you know, going to be between episode three and episode four. And you just are constantly, yeah, like you're saying, like trying to chronologize. Chronologicalize? Chronologicalize. Chronologicalize where exactly everything slots in uh which always was yeah and now it really is just sort of a a fun exercise in each thing but it also it started with these games where you tried to put it together of like well where 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 am i where am i experiencing things in the the rules of time here and that's something that when we get into our next game rogue squadron i mean you're just kind of playing the hits at that point I will say, yeah. Even at this point, um, the Star Wars games aren't doing it for me, and that's probably why I'm not playing that many of them. I'm saying overall, and I won't say what I want, but I'm not getting what I want of these games at this point. Yeah, I was going to save this point, but do you think it's a fair statement to say that there are good Star Wars games, but Star Wars games in general are not? good huh i would maybe agree with that because i do i do kind of have like one game that uh one star wars game that kind of entered my like oh this is like one of my games and yeah i'll say it's not a big big surprise but i'll save it for when we get into it but uh i'll say this next kind of chapter of games i'm thinking you're talking like the ps2 xbox yeah. Uh, kind of range. I did kind of fall off. Oh, GameCube. That was the one. I, Rogue Squadron was the one of this time. Um. Oh, wait. I will double back to one thing. The Phantom Menace PlayStation game. I did have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. And that was another game that was close to getting me into the vibe of Star Wars. Oh, man. And that was... <sighs> I do remember playing that. I actually remember trying that at like a, a Toys R Us and feeling the exhilaration at the time. I'm like, ah, we're playing a new story. But then when you see the movie and it sits with you for a bit, you're like, hmm. <laughs> right. I think that was what got me into some other games um, where I saw them as movie games versus yes. like a Star Wars offshoot. And like I've said on this podcast, movie games were always my jam because I'm a movie guy. Yeah. So that one and then the Revenge of the Sith game, uh, which you would have liked this. There was a story, but then there was a versus Tekken style beat em up with Ooh. all the characters. I do like that. 
And I remember I getting a lot of enjoyment out of that Revenge of the Sith game. And I actually remember, I think that was a pretty well-regarded game because I remember going back to GameStop at one point when they still had uh, Xbox games on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And they were still selling like used copies for like 30 bucks or something like that. That's how you know oh, a sure. game like kind of has a following when you're like, oh, I'm going to get this second hand and it's still like 30 or 40 bucks. <laughs> yeah. And oh, boy. And you just have like all these different versions from that era. I, I actually had to call this out too, because up until that point, you know, LucasArts is releasing maybe like four games a year, you know, maybe five, if you want to count, um, you know, some of these expanded ones like the Monopoly star Wars. But then when the prequel trilogy takes off, this is almost like borderline embarrassing because you go from games like Star Wars Rebellion, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, Star Wars, that trilogy arcade game that we were playing, and you get into Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace game, Star Wars Episode One, Racer, Star Wars Episode One, The Gungan Frontier. Like, I don't even know what that is. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars Pit Droids. Star Wars Anakin Speedway. These are all within like a, a one year span. I'm going to say this. Misa would play the Gungan game. <laughs> <laughs> Fred, let's 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 leave the the JJ out of this uh, in all regards. I don't want to talk Abrams and I don't want to talk Binks. I can I, I, I can Mace wouldn't do that. You can Mace Wind do that. Yeah, just back it up. That's uh, <laughs> but it, it, the the list goes on. There was just an embarrassing amount of games that came out around this. And some of it's like an activity center. So, I mean, when you're looking at games, there's like stuff in here that's also just sort of like sort of nearby. But it, the the amount of merchandising that was going on for Phantom Menace was outrageous like to an extent where i don't know if you've watched any like those documentaries on netflix where you see like the 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 jar jar i just said it i just said it fred look what you made me do oops misa sorry uh it's too late the the damage is done but they had like what are they suckers of like his tongue is weird (laughs) oh man whose tongue jjb Oh, well, you almost you almost stuck stepped in big doo doo that time. <laughs> We're gonna have a talk after the show about your gunganies. <laughs> is that is that is that what the no? They're just like gungan. They just be gungan. <laughs> Everything's gungan. They don't have any derivatives of their culture. <laughs> but yeah, there's just so much that came out at that time, and, and it kind of. I don't know. It kind of put a damper, I think, a little bit on games for me because I stopped getting excited about Star Wars games. But then we got Rogue Squadron 2 on GameCube, and that turned it back up to 11, man. That game was fun. Oh, yeah. Just the graphics caught up with that kind of game, and uh, you were reliving some awesome moments. And yeah, I think. That was also just a sweet time for sh- like uh, flying shooter games like the GameCube. Yeah. But as we're kind of getting into this era of PS2, GameCube, Xbox around the early 2000s, we're getting into 
where I, I kind of had to amend my statement because I did feel it was hot, that there are good Star Wars games. But I felt like if you look at the overall catalog from top to bottom, you're probably not looking at a great wealth of games. Not We're not talking like Legend of Zelda or like Super Mario where it's just hit after hit after hit. Even the even like Mario, we're talking about Mario Kart, Mario Golf. Those games are fun. Like mm-hmm. pod racing, kind of boring. <laughs> I don't know. Battlefront kind of got old after a little bit, you know? Yeah, that was one I didn't play because I always assumed it was an RPG and I was not playing RPGs at that time. Yeah. But, um, like, yeah, those first Battlefront, I watched some play of that and I was like, it's still a little too choppy. Yeah. But we did actually have some people call in, which surprisingly we had them all from this, this like late era of LucasArts to provide their favorite games. And we'll kind of share some of their thoughts now on these games. Tommy, Freddy. All right. My favorite Star Wars video game. Stuff one. There's a lot from when I was growing up. Episode one, Pod Racer on N64. Oh, it was awesome. Fully customizing your own Pod Racer with all the different parts from Watto's shop and everything. Very, very cool. Uh, Jedi Power Battles on Sega Dreamcast. Oh, you could be Mace Windu. You'd be Adi Gallia, Kiati Mundi. Masters of Terracasi on PlayStation, which was like Tekken meets Star Wars. Oh, it was super, super cool. Had Mara Jade in it. But ultimately, for me, Star Wars Galaxies. That was the first MMO Star Wars game, uh, massively multiplayer online RPG. Um, It was by Sony Online Entertainment, and that game was so cool because it was completely sandbox. Like, you could go anywhere on Tatooine and, like, build a home um, and, like, kind of maintain your home and have a career as like a cantina singer or a smuggler or a bounty hunter, whatever. And the path to becoming a Jedi in that game was completely like hidden. So it wasn't like, you know, an obvious skill tree that you look at and say, oh, I need to spec points and intelligence and then level up this skill and then I become a Jedi. It was like a complete secret and kind of the mythos behind them was kind of like how they were portrayed in the original trilogy of Star Wars, where they were kind of a myth. Nobody really believed they existed until you saw one, and they kicked some ass. Uh, Very, very cool game. Wow. That man knows his games. What did I say, man? That game, the Masters game, was something. It It was a game changer. But let's talk a little bit about Star Wars Galaxies that he mentioned. So Star Wars Galaxies is a Star Wars themed MMORPG, very similar to World of Warcraft, if you played that, that was developed by Sony Online Entertainment and PC. Uh, Again, (laughs) which is something that Fred and I have both declared we, we were not totally in on. But this did have a monthly subscription fee for users to sign up, Fred. And yeah. To play online with a bunch of other people in this like big sandbox. Well, I guess that's kind of cool, but 
I just of a game of that era, I could just not. I couldn't see paying a subscription. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I think that's where a big separation came for me in video games in general. When everything started becoming an online community, I was kind of out because I like playing with other people, but I want you like next to me, or I want to be able to pick who I'm playing with. Right, I don't want to play with a bunch of gamer boys online who are going to yell at me. Mm-hmm. Not my jam. Not fun. No, not not exactly what I'm in for. But this game actually does look pretty decent. Like it reminds me a little bit of Final Fantasy 12 in that you kind of have that 3D environment and we're talking about it's like the next evolution of where Shadows of the Empire was going, but it truly is completely open world where you can collaborate, you can um, you know, be on the different planets, Naboo, Tatooine, Corellia, and you are basically creating a whole profile that becomes something bigger. So I mean, definitely if people were into this, like I can totally see the appeal of, you know, trying to create it. It's almost kind of like playing like, like a virtual version of Dungeons and Dragons is how I see these games. Yeah. And I could see why Josh would like that. Yes. But Fred would not like it. <laughs> no, that would be a Mace Wind don't for me. <laughs> do, 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 do. Um, yeah, I never, I never got to play galaxies though. Uh, missed out on that one, but definitely was a big one for the PC that created a lot of different iterations Mm -hmm. around the same time. Then we did see uh, a couple other more open world ish. I'm using that very loosely because that was probably the most open world that we're talking about. But, you know, we're getting into Attack of the Clones comes out in theaters. You know, we're kind of getting into that Clone Wars era where it felt like a lot of people were waiting to see what that story looked like. As an aside, the Clone Wars were absolutely not anything like I ever envisioned them when I was watching. We can't talk about it. (laughs) It's too much. I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the stuff in the movies. But. I definitely envisioned something a little more. I don't know. I don't even know. Like maybe just different. And it didn't feel different in the same way. It felt like a lot of the same. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Dexter Dexter though. Cool dude. So more games though came out around that time. That Jedi Knight series kept going. Um, Jedi Knight Outcasts. Was that part of Jedi Knight? Yep. Yes. I remember things. And that was a big one that was a sequel to dark forces too and that series was super big i remember really wanting to play that because everybody at school would talk about that this is we're heading like between middle school and high school for tom at that time and people are like oh man i've gone so far and this character of uh kyle katarn katarn i don't know man (laughs) i always think of the the harrison ford quote He's like, you can write this shit, George, but you can't say it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's the most like cranky Harrison Ford thing to come out of as well. But 
Yeah, that's a, a very beloved story that really built off of that Doom type game and turned it into something that felt a little bit more, I think, kind of like where Galaxies was going. And it opened the door for a very big franchise, Fred. And I'll turn it back to one of our call-ins to talk a little about that. Hey, this is Friend of the Pod Joe, and my favorite Star Wars game has to be Knights of the Old Republic. It has a fantastic cast of original characters, a really cool storyline, and really touches on an era of Star Wars that the movies and shows haven't really gotten into. I thought Bioware did a great job making you feel like your gameplay and your story decisions really made an impact on the overall plot, and I think this game is a must-play for any fan of Star Wars and games. Wow, so that's a glowing review of KOTOR. Okay, hey, Knights of the Old Republic, Fred. Um, so how familiar are you with KOTOR in general? Not at all. That was one I've always been interested in. If they ever did like a remaster or a revisit, because I am very intrigued by the old history of Star Wars. Oh, hey, Fred. Yeah. I don't know if you, you heard recently they had a little conference. And they announced one of the games they're going to do is a KOTOR remaster. Get out of town. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be my entry point. Because I will say this podcast has reawakened the embers of my interest of Star Wars video games. I will say. Yeah. Me too, man. And I will say, this probably blows the biggest hole in my statement of, there are good Star Wars games, but Star Wars games as a whole are not very good. Because I started playing the original KOTOR, but years after it came out, and it just, it aged a little bit. So I'm very much looking forward to the remaster too, because it aged enough that I felt like it didn't quite suck me all the way in, despite the fact that the story itself is super interesting. Yeah, I would have um, loved if they, if they, I mean, they still can do like a film or a TV series about the Knights of the Old Republic. Well, I think there's a lot of stories being told right now about the Old Republic that um, both in books and through these games that came out and Knights of the Old Republic. I mean, well, you can just say it. They probably are the most revered Star Wars games of them all. Uh, whether you're talking about KOTOR or its sequel, uh, they really have encapsulated a lot of fans in that it, it tells a very interesting dynamic story about a Force-sensitive person who you are very much led to believe all along is just your heroic Jedi. Um, how much do we care about spoilers on this, Fred? Not for this one. Not for KOTOR. Which I didn't put together when you were saying KOTOR, that's Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, buddy, K-O-T-O-R. That's some nerd shit, and I like it. It is. So, spoiler alert, if you really care about the spoilers for Knights of the Old Republic, please fast forward about two minutes. Let me guess, is he Darth Tyrannus? Uh, not Tyrannus, no. No Christopher Lee at this point. Uh. But the idea is that it's actually he was a Sith Lord who lost his memory 
and was coming to so the character that you've been playing your protagonist this whole time as you're going on this like rpg adventure is a yeah amnesiac sith lord is darth reven or revan Ooh. yeah yeah and i think it, that originally they the the Benioff and Weiss, uh, the Game of Thrones guys, they were gonna tackle the Knights of the Old Republic, and but then they messed up Game of Thrones, so they got fired. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I don't we know if we'll be. see that, but I'd like to. I'd like to see it. Well, we probably dodged a bullet, and we'll put this in better hands when they hopefully hand that off to Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. But he's very much interested in that aforementioned Clone Wars era. But also now Mandalorian, which paid off. Which Great. I know we uh, this is jumping around a little. I played a little of that bounty hunter game today. Yeah. Um, that feels the beginning of that felt like a Mandalorian episode. Is that like, right? For real, it was kind of cool. That's great. Yeah, very reflective of the Mandalorian because it is all about Jango Fett, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I like I said, I literally played like. 10 minutes of it but uh it was Django Fett and it just jumps right in it felt like a Mandalorian episode in the best way and it the handling was real shitty because it was an older game (laughs) and it was repurposed onto the new system so that probably made it even worse but I was still surprised I was like this is kind of engaging right away no that's pretty great I I've always wanted to try that one because I do like I'm a weird Boba Fett guy I always think he's cool. I thought Django Fett was kind of cool. Took some issues with some of the... I, I took issues with everything they've done pretty much with Boba Fett and his family lineage so far, but <laughs> they kind of reclaimed him in The Mandalorian and the show was fine. <laughs> it's basically The Mandalorian Season 3 and I wish they would have just gone with that. I but you. another episode. Another Again, we one. can't... Yeah. And another one. And another one. But those two games came out very close to each other. Bounty Hunter was 2002 and Knights of the Old Republic was 2003. So we're really starting to hit this this groove where we got past like the the merchandise barrage in 99. And now we're really getting into these games that are starting to take on a life of their own. Uh, We get the first iteration of Battlefront which was, you know, in a lot of people's estimation, the superior version, because you actually did get more of a story in that one. Right, it's a lot of people's favorite. Yeah, and people loved it. And I can see why I I was, you know, I only could speak to the EA version, which I thought was super fun when I started playing it. I mean, we're jumping ahead here a little bit. But I I loved that online atmosphere. That was the first time I actually enjoyed an, an online multiplayer game. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't play the old ones, but I definitely love the new ones, both of them. Yeah, and they just because they did provide that whole idea of like now you're a foot soldier in the army. Like you said, there's a game for everyone, right? And this was your opportunity to be a stormtrooper or a rebel. You know, member of the rebel fleet, right? Yep. And yeah, you could be on the in the air on the ground, and I like that. Yeah, same year then. We get to another big game, which I also mentioned before, and we'll let our next uh, person calling in speak to that one. My favorite Star Wars game is Knights of the Old Republic 2. 
The first night of the Old Republic is a classic. It's really great. It kind of follows the same Star Wars formula of good versus evil. Knights of the Old Republic 2 is really interesting, not only in its story that really looks at kind of the gray areas of the Star Wars universe, uh, but also has a really interesting story in how it was produced. It was rushed production by LucasArts. Uh, they wanted to get it out in time for Christmas, and so the company that produced it ended up having to put out an incomplete game. Um, they had a lot of it completed, but weren't really able to stitch it together in time. And so in order to play the game, you really can't play the base game. Uh, you actually have to uh, download it, you know, on your computer, play it on PC, and add a bunch of mods to it to get all of that content restored in order to make it a complete game. Um, but when you do, I think it's one of the best Star Wars stories out there. And I think it really deserves to be remade someday so that we can finally see it in the way that the company originally intended. So when we're talking about Knights of the Old Republic, too, and I think Jasmine kind of put it very interestingly because it sounds like there's a little bit of a divide in the fandom, even between what her and Joe both said of which one is the better game or even people's favorite. Because a lot of people seem to really, really love what 2 did on top of the old one. Yeah, it'd be interesting when they come out with this remake, if it's just going to be a strict remake of 1, or they're going to compile things and have both. I, I don't know how much information's been released. But I do know, like, for instance, and we'll, I'm sure we're going to get to these, the um, Lego games when they've come out with this new uh, Skywalker legacy game, they kind of went back and did, they redid things on the older games that they had done with the newer games. I've heard. Really? And I wonder if they could do that kind of take part and parcel of both of those games and kind of create one like modern game. Well, and that's great too. And I think that's kind of using your powers for good in a way that George Lucas tried to overdo it when he did the special editions of the original trilogy and beyond. McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> but as Jasmine kind of mentioned there, uh, we're talking about a game that never officially got finished. Like, I, I can't imagine trying to play this game and it's like half a game. Or, right. or I guess maybe a little more than half. So you'd love to think that if this remake happens with Knights of the World Republic and maybe it is all in one going into the second version of the game that they can tell one big story and do it all complete and give it the attention that, I mean, all these fans of the game seem to just absolutely love about it. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like I said, I didn't play these two games, but I am very excited for this remake to get in yeah me too man i absolutely love a good star wars story that seems like it is outside of the main arc like get me away from the skywalkers for just 10 minutes and i am a happy camper you know for sure but yeah i think there's there's a lot that can be said about how this game pushed forward some of the canon too i know within the kotor series they start exploring the idea of like the gray jedis and people who kind of rejected both the light and the dark side of the force and this idea that 
I want to say the new series tried to get into when I say the new series, I'm talking about the new trilogy, the sequel trilogy of somebody who can kind of dance on both sides of the line. And there's something interesting about that because it always has felt weird to me that so much of the Star Wars series relies on you needing to be very strictly on the dark side or on the light side. But it's well, like, um, you know, only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> this is true, Obi-Wan. Who's your favorite Obi-Wan? Let's get off on a quick tangent quick. Do you like Alec Guinness's as like the classic? Or are you an Ewan McGregor guy? Oh, uh, that's tough. I like I like all my Obi-Wans equally. Because <laughs> I love Ewan and I love and I love I don't, don't love uh, what Alec Guinness. I don't you know, I, I love OG Obi-Wan. I mean, hello there. Come on. <laughs> what about uh, the animated series? Did you watch any of those? I've tried so many times and I will continue to try, but I have not. I would do if I had to recommend one thing for you, they have like some like watch orders or watch recommendations for oh, Clone yeah. Wars. They have it on Disney plus. You need it. it. It's too much. It's too much to try and go through that series as is. <laughs> but Rebels, that's got something that's got some juice. Rebels got juice. Rebels has some juice and I will throw this out there just for anybody who does like the Mandalorian and all that. If you're planning on watching this Ahsoka show and watching all this other stuff, Rebels is going to help fill in some gaps for you that I think you're going to appreciate what you learn about the story. Uh, and I'll leave it at that. Nice. That's all. That's all I'll say. Well, for me, the action is the juice. So the action is the juice. Yeah, Tom Sizemore. He, always comes back to heat fred always i love some heat but going forward then a little bit and you brought this up before fred by talking about a uh another beloved franchise we are last caller that we had today had a lot to say about this one that has a few games that have run for quite a bit yeah this really gets us into the next like final chapter, I feel <laughs> these games because yes. they're so long running. So we'll turn it over to our our very loquacious guest caller. Hey Tom, I wanted to leave a voicemail about my favorite Star Wars game, uh, and rather than picking my number one favorite, because I feel like a lot of people have a strong positive uh, recollection of the Lego Star Wars games. I want to pick the one that was most memorable to me growing up. And I had the Wii version of The Force Awakens. Uh, and I wanted the Wii version because I had this little accessory that was a small uh, lightsaber uh, that you could plug the Wiimote into. And it was battery powered and the thing just glowed red. And it did not help with the motion controls at all. Uh, it may have made the motion controls worse, uh, and I just remember thinking that being able to swing the Wii remote like a lightsaber would make for a much better Star Wars game, and it really didn't, uh, weirdly enough. Um, and then I also found out later, as an adult, of how much content was cut out of the Wii version 
uh, as compared to the PlayStation and Xbox versions of the game. Like, there was a ton of content missing from the Wii version. And so I truly picked the worst version of that game to buy. Um, that's what I have for you. I hope you can use this. See ya. Lego Star Wars, Fred, as you brought up before, that Skywalker saga that just dropped. This was a a beloved chapter. And uh, I don't know if you listened to the Get Played podcast, but your boy Griffin Newman popped on there last week to speak the love that he has for the Lego Star Wars series. Yeah, and it kind of, what he said and what Dan says kind of matched up because Dan cited The Force Awakens as being like this, you know, really good version of the Lego Star Wars game. And it sounded like that's when they did kind of add more gameplay elements and kind of made it a fuller game. And that's what I hear they're doing for all the older chapters is like kind of The Force Awakens onward, which... I've been perusing on the PlayStation Store, like debating about buying one, and I will probably buy the Skywalker Saga when it like comes down in price, and yeah. that will be my entrance way. But I've played some Lego games, mo- mostly the Harry Potter ones. I think they're fine, but again, I know this is you know not great for the podcast, but I'm just really looking forward to getting into that redone, remastered, all in one Skywalker Saga. No, I think that's perfectly fine because if it's going to encapsulate all these different Lego entries that happen along the way, and a lot of people, as even Dan kind of mentioned though too, just having troubles getting it on the Wii, a lot of people were really asking for where the heck are the rest of these entries even afterward too, where they, they did The Force Awakens but not uh, Last Jedi. They didn't do Rise of Skywalker, which felt like a blessing in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we're kidding, it in I don't know. I really wanted to go to that pig Coachella. <laughs> oh man, I one day we're gonna do the sequel trilogies in a podcast and really get into the minutia of everything that thing was about. But that being said, uh, Lego Star Wars, I- I've never played a Lego game and. I'm very envious that people have played this because they look super fun. Yeah, they look like a nice turn your brain off. Kind of like why I've been debating about getting a Switch recently is like I kind of need games that aren't like so full of baggage, like a Last of Us or like an Elden Ring. (laughs) Like I just kind of need some like just some video, just that old school video game energy. And that's what all these Lego games look like to me. You don't think Lego Luke can be the Elden Lord? Is that what you're trying to say? I mean, I've seen some pretty interesting mods for Elden Ring. Now, I hear you, though, Fred. I would I would never pretend that you're going to get the same level of, you know, break that you get, you know, with a Lego game that you would get in, like, Oh, what do you want to call it? Like all the Elder Scrolls games, too. I feel like those are just so dire. (laughs) Uh, For sure. It looks light, fun. You could play with someone who maybe isn't a big gamer. Like, looks like a good time. Absolutely. So one of the other games then that came out in that era that um, none of the people did talk about that I did get a chance to also play not too long ago was The Force Unleashed. and. That felt a lot like I feel like what people are getting from Jedi Knight in 
that you are playing as like this Jedi that, well, he's not even a Jedi. He's Darth Vader's disciple and he's kind of straying from his path and you find all these different ways to upend and whether you're on the right side. And it's quite the, it's quite the adventure. It's a little janky with the controls. And I think especially now, have you played this game? I've played because there's like two or two of them. And then there's like a special edition one. That's like the Sith story or something. And I've never beaten them, but I've definitely, cause they're like go to, uh, subscription games. Like they're on PlayStation plus. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. So that's usually how I've played them. Like kind of just like quick rentals, but I think they, they were getting somewhere, but I think the game we're going to talk about at the end of this really like kind of took the took the took the lightsaber and ran with it. Yeah, it did. let's talk about the final era then kind of of this evolution of these games, because once we get through this whole idea of LucasArts being this king, you know, Lucas sells to Disney and therefore the rights of the video games kind of go into flux because LucasArts really no longer becomes a thing. They turn into telltale games. Uh, And then EA electronic arts comes in, places a bid for star Wars gets the exclusive rights to it for a solid decade. Um, And now they still have rights to the games, but they share it out with a few different places, which could be for the benefit because I think EA has a good style that fits a couple of the games that they put out over the the years. I'm a big and, EA guy. They made all the a lot of the Harry Potter games. Yeah. Oh, of course. That, that could that be an totally. episode. Want to do Harry Potter video games next? I've played them all. I've played zero. <laughs> so, oh, you're the special guest on that one. I like it. <laughs> Me too. I'm 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 excited for that one already. But. We do talk about the revival of Battlefront um, that was very Call of Duty style. And I think you and I both talked about the that is I felt like the next evolution of Star Wars Galaxies that doesn't have the MMO where you're just kind of in that world. There's a huge map. You can be all these different you know, foot soldier characters and you can do so much. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I love that was my first PlayStation 4 game. Was that and the uh, Arkham Knight were the two games oh, I yeah. got, and those two games are still like my two favorite PlayStation Four games for sure. Well, I just love the idea that you can be on these maps, and to give people a picture of even what Battlefront is like for anybody who's not played it, you know, you're really getting out there. Uh, you know, it, it is like a Medal Medal of Honor or Call of Duty where you're on the map, you know, you're fighting against somebody, but then you can run up to a little launch pad and you can get into an X-Wing and start going down and just start gunning people in the sky. And all of a sudden it turns into a dogfight game. And the concept and the execution on that front, I thought was like the best I've seen of any Star Wars game to date. To go from, I can turn into Luke Skywalker and start, you know, combating all these stormtroopers to... Yep, now I'm Wedge Antilles and I can take to the skies and start getting into all these fights. It was great. Yeah, I love um 
I'm just going to like kind of put it together. You know, it came out later. Battlefront and Battlefront 2, especially Battlefront 2, people had problems with that game, which they kind of tried to do that like almost freemium model where like everything was behind a paywall in that game. So it got mm-hmm. really bad reviews and all this when it came out. But eventually they just released it on PS Plus for free one month with everything. Mm. And that was a pretty great game. It has a good campaign. It has more playable characters. Like you can play as a ball droid or a Ewok. Like wow. it's good fun. And uh there's a lot more of like, you know, I love playing as like the uh, little droids from a uh, Phantom Menace, those little like yellowish bronze dudes that are oh like, yeah 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 roger roger like you can play as one of those and it's so goofy watching them run around and they really perfected it it's just sad that they tried to put everything behind a paywall and no one played it yeah that actually was one of the things that put me off on it and not that i didn't want to play it but when i heard that like yeah there was a lot of like loot crate system involved with that i was like okay well Maybe they'll start putting the stuff in like packs or whatever. I'll come back to it. And it, it just never kind of came to be. Um, but I heard so many great things about it and so many fun characters that they added to those games like Grievous and Ray. And, and I don't know if you yeah, the Ray, game but. is <laughs> worth it if you have all those characters. But if you're charging, you know, five bucks a character or whatever, you know, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, no. And it, it definitely put a, a little bit of a barrier. But that does bring us to uh, the last entry here one of the recents and i think another slam dunk for ea that they came out with was fallen order now (laughs) i just want to say right now i'm in the middle of playing this game oh i just returned to kashit to meet general tarpal no not general tar it's some guy named tarpal but it's not the tarpal from phantom menace i don't know it's not gonna be a gungan because those names are too similar like, I can't say anything, Fred. Uh, if I if I give you away anything, I think you're gonna it'll ruin it a little bit. Ooh, I would be pretty happy if there's a Gungan in this game. But I, I'm just I'll say don't get your hopes up around some of that. <laughs> but you can you'll have some things you're going to enjoy. I I mean, are we gonna spoil this one or should we leave this one a little open since it's somewhat new i think we could probably talk about it without giving away too much because i mean the basic premises of fallen order is that you are a jedi that survived the um mass slaughtering of the jedis the the order 66 that darth sidious gives and you're basically just going around cosplaying as a jedi in this game um exploring these missions and trying to track down these temples uh and you're this this guy just kind of trying to rebuild his life a little bit and he's kind of given the idea of like you have to rebuild the order on your own even though because he doesn't know that obi-wan is still out there yoda is just sort of there and it's it's definitely the most complete version i feel like of even what KOTOR was trying to do. And I, I liked playing KOTOR. I love my turn-based RPGs. But this was a active battle RPG that it hit a lot of notes for me. And the only thing I think I would carve up about it is the controls were just not perfect. 
Yeah, some of the jumping, which I'm glad that they, like, didn't kill you if you fell. Because Mm -hmm. that would definitely not be fair in this game. Yeah. You're enjoying it so far? I am enjoying I'm not big on puzzle games. That's the one thing I do get a little frustrated because they make me feel dumb. (laughs) But they do feel good when you solve them in this game, I will say. I also, I really like uh, that actor, Cameron Monaghan from Shameless. I love that they just put the whole game around him because he's really good. I would have watched a movie starring him with this plot. Wow. His relationship with his droid is great, I think. Yeah. That um, ED1 is a, is an absolute star in that game, the droid. For sure. I just unlocked uh, some Joker-style paint for my BD1, which is pretty cool. Purple and green. Oh, nice. Now, have you watched all The Mandalorian? Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but in the most recent season of Boba Fett, you may notice a, a particular-looking droid hanging out on Tatooine with uh, Amy Sedaris. Oh, because I can picture it now. Yep. Because I do remember it, but yep. oh my goodness. I think they could seamlessly bring him into the shows and they could just have dude be in it. Yeah, I I think there's been some hot rumors since then of what is the fate of Cal Kestis. Because there is a lot of, I mean, spoiler alert for the game. <laughs> if you need to know, if people are speculating, there's a chance that maybe survives long enough but i won't give away the end of the game because maybe that leaves a little more open-ended you don't know and when we're done with this i'm probably gonna play some tonight (laughs) i will only say there there might be a fallen order too that has been uh discussed about coming out i'm not saying that gives anything away about the main character or nothing but bring in more shameless characters (laughs) (laughs) yeah we got lip william h macy (laughs) i i tell you what, what you got to do is you, you got to use the force. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a true code on that, that lightsaber, that true code. I'm telling you. William H. Macy in a Star Wars, just a movie. Can we just get him in like one movie or, or one episode of the show? Like give him one of those like. um. You got to watch the dropout. He's on the dropout killing it right now. Is that or, right? He did kill it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just thinking about the people. Like you get like Giancarlo Esposito comes in, you know, he chews up the scenery for a couple episodes. Uh you have Amy Cedaris, who we just talked about. Um it's just it's just fun that you can have these little cameos. It feels like Star Trek now, where you can get like for these sure. cameo of the week. But yeah, I think Fallen Order is a super fun game, despite some of its mechanic flaws. And I really I think that's what gets me excited about the Knights of the Old Republic remaster more than anything or remake. It's a remake. I should say that we're not talking about upgrading the graphics. They're starting from scratch and building it back up like Final Fantasy seven remake. And I think it's great. Fred, we spent a lot of time just going through all the highlights and this is a very different kind of episode. We'll we'll chalk that up to the, the fact that it's a holiday today. (laughs) <laughs> but if we did have to add any coulda woulda shouldas to the star wars game franchise what would you have liked to see different or what would you like to see yet to come 
I have just three things, and I'll get them quick. Is I'd love like whoever made like the Shadows of Mordor and the Batman games. I'd love like a stealthy kind of just actiony game. I just love those games. I love Assassin's Creed, so I'd kind of love something in that vein, like a big sprawling RPG action, kind of like Outer Worlds meets Assassin's Creed. Yeah, deal. It'd be something I'd love. And then something that I said that there's kind of a type of game for every star. Or there's a Star Wars game for every type of game. There isn't like a real GTA gangster style game where maybe <laughs> it's like you're just kind of running around causing a ruckus, smoking death sticks, getting trouble, you know, <laughs> like a real scum bummy gangster game. And then the last one I had was a George Lucas 50s Forza style game, like just <laughs> muscle cars, because my man loves a good 50s muscle car. <laughs> I, I love my Mustangs. I can't say I, I, I'm too disappointed by it. No. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just have like, I will probably get down with the Lego games. They look good. They do look good. I guess... That's where I would fall in line, too. I would love to see. And I mean, I think for the GTA style, Galaxies, it sounds like kind of tapped into that a little bit. But I would love to see something that yeah blends together what you get from like that concept to. But maybe more closed world where it's not GTA online, where it can just be right. you're in your own world where you can kind of live in it. Um, kind of like Free Guy. Right, a little bit like you know, you can go in there. A little there. bit, definitely. I like also. I love the parts like in Mandalorian where the rebels are like the bad guy cops. You know, yeah. like I would just love it if you're getting like trying to get pulled over by like the good guys, quote unquote. Yeah, there is a lot about the Mandalorian. I feel like that could become a good game. I mean, just even the idea that the Mandalorian itself. I, I know when Jasmine and I watched the show constantly making the jokes back and forward that it feels like he is a video game character who's constantly getting upgrades. He gets his spear, he gets his armor, mm -hmm. he gets his, <laughs> the dark saber, you know, and it, it does feel like he is kind of like Cal Kestis going through this, getting like, here's your new lightsaber. Here's your new thing. Yeah. You have to go right. to this next mission. Uh Oh, you need to bring back this item from that cave. <laughs> like, and it turns out to be a baby Yoda. Spoilers. Spoilers. That's episode one one. <laughs> but yeah, there um there's a lot of potential there, I think. I'd love to kind of see a straight up horror Star Wars game. I'd love to see a straight Ooh. up Star Wars horror movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Where like I'm not gonna try and spoil anything for anything else, but you know, this idea that like you are, you know, a rebel soldier or something like that stuck on like the Death Star or maybe you're like, you know, a surviving Jedi and you have like Vader kind of hunting you down as sort of like your uh, your nemesis, like in Resident Evil three. Right. Mm -hmm. um, where he could kind of pop out and he comes after you a little bit, uh, I guess a little bit like the. um what are they? They're not the, they're not Sith Lords. They're like, they're like a Darth Vader's secret police. What are they called? Um, <laughs> uh, death troop. Uh, 
not Death Troopers, but those are similar. Are you talking about Kylo Ren's boys? No, that's a totally different. Different. Uh, <laughs> Second Sister is one of them. What is? She? Oh yeah, the Inquisitors. That that's them. The Inquisitors. Oh yeah, the Inquisitors, which will be an Obi Wan part of the Obi Wan show. Yep. Apparently, I don't know anything about them except that. Yeah, but that um, but that is something that I think you kind of get where those Inquisitors pop out, and you're like, shit. Okay, now it's time to fight. And I, I like that idea, like a horror version of that game where yeah, you're just like a rebel. It, it kind of like you know what the end of Rogue One, where they're like running from Vader, right? Right. <laughs> like that's the closest I think Star Wars has come to horror, where it's like, here's just this monster that's just running through people. Well, I think the scariest scene of any Star Wars movie uh is when Luke goes into that part of Dagobah oh yeah and has that dream sequence I'm thinking what if you played like with the psychology of being a Jedi and stuff like that and kind of like a moon knight brain warpy sort of deal yeah that would be pretty interesting too yeah just like a high concept game Mm -hmm. we haven't had anything like that like kind of like yeah like the nightmare sequences in Arkham all the Arkhams like that yeah, there does feel like there there is more. I think Fallen Order is the closest thing we have to something that feels like an Arkham game, but it hasn't gone all the way in just yet. You don't have yeah, the freedom. I would definitely say it's close for sure. Yeah. And I'm loving it. I really am. Yeah, but it does need to build. I think the second one would need to kind of build in that more open world environment where you can kind of go interact and yeah, go smoke a death stick in a bar. <laughs> yeah like definitely like there also needs to be a stealth element they should add to the jedi fallen order because i did not like that like if you just run up on enemies they just all of a sudden turn around yeah well there is a and i know that this is perfect for coulda woulda shoulda but there's been a lot of canceled games and oh, for sure and one of them was called star wars 1313 and it was supposed to kind of be this idea that you're in this deeper part of um, Coruscant, like you're in the deep levels of Coruscant and there's like this like crazy stuff going on down there. And I think if I remember right, the idea was that you would have been a um, bounty hunter, like who was supposed to go and find something deep within like, these annals of what the the republic has hidden down there the galactic uh empire has like down there and you kind of go into like their like area 51 and there's all this wild stuff in there it was such a high concept game and an absolute shame that it never made it because it was supposed to be like a mature game it sounds crazy it does i mean the there's so much even though that what got left on the chopping block, I mean, Knights of the Old Republic three was talked about. It never came to fruition. Battlefront three. I don't think it's off the table completely, but you know, you can get a um, Jedi Knight two Jedi outcast and Jedi Knight Jedi Academy PS4 copy. I don't know if they did much to it, but that is a thing. I'm not aware of that, but I'll have to look that up because I would definitely be interested in trying it. And then also, I know there was a trailer like of a new Star Wars game. I was just trying to look mm-hmm. up what it's called, but I know like it had like those weird things playing drums. That would be Eclipse, and that's actually a new developer 
said it's not going to be EA. So now that they're able to license games to other studios, uh, that is by Quantic Dream. It's set during the High Republic era. So this is kind of going into the older uh, generation, so pre-prequels. Quantic Dream also did the game Heavy Rain, Detroit Become Human, and Beyond Two Souls. That was the one with Ellen Page or Elliot Page. Pardon me. Okay, yeah, they do they do story games. Yes, little like high a lot of story. Yeah, they are going to be responsible for this new Star Wars game. So it has a lot of people buzzing because it could be pretty progressive in what they're trying to do with it. Cool. The trailer looked cool. So I'm excited. Me too. Uh, But yeah, I think the future of Star Wars games looks bright. I'll need some convincing to really call this a. Here's what I'll say, Fred. Here's my here's my pin in this before we get to our power rankings. I don't think Star Wars games are great, but that there are enough good games to make it overall a above average franchise. I'd agree with that. And I would describe it as there's no Star Wars game where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my that's my jam. But there are plenty of games that I can play that get me in the zone and in the spot. Um, one that I'm excited to come back to, we didn't mention that's a newer game. There's like a flying one that's new. Mm, is I played that a little of it. It's squadrons? Pretty, what was it? Squadrons? Yeah, there was a new squadron. Yeah. Uh, that was, I played a little bit of that and it's not a game I'm like super excited to play like you're saying, but there's a time where I'm going to want to download it, turn off the lights and feel like I'm in a Star Wars movie and there's games where you can do that. Mm. And that's all we want. I I could agree with that. Actually, I'll say that. That was probably, that's where I feel best too. I like being a pilot. As much as I love cosplaying as the Jedi and doing all the flips and stuff, there is something exhilarating about being inside the ship and you are flying around and doing all that. Like, it... That that's like a dream. That's that's like it's like a real life dream of like I wish I could fly through space like that. And maybe if Elon, um, you know, get buys everything and allows you us to all have him up on that. You day, could hit him up great. on that website he owns. <laughs> well, he hasn't bought it yet. Where well, I suppose by the time this episode drops, maybe the deal will be done. But I heard he's a couple months <laughs> in the water to try and figure that out. Fred, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here for our power rankings big old curveball because originally we were going to do best games seems obvious yeah we talked seems about it interesting but i feel like but i feel like we've talked about our best games we talked about our favorites who are your favorite video game characters top three star wars video game characters star wars video game characters it's gonna be it's probably gonna be boring i'm trying to think because all i can think is like my like playable characters on battlefront like who i go for i love leia on there she's really good she's got a protective orb that i use a lot Mm -hmm. um i really do like cam the cameron monaghan jedi uh fallen order character cal kestis 
Uh huh. And then I also I'm going to shout out Obi Wan on Xbox. <laughs> but I'm just going to say I don't want to talk about it. I'm just shouting it out. Obi Wan on Xbox. <laughs> that was a game we did gloss over. I did not get a chance to play that one either. It was big on the Xbox marketing, I will say, because it was like green, you know? Yeah. What about you? Right. What are your three? I gave mine kind of, but what about you? When it comes to my favorite games, Fred, I like to start from the beginning. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> that's my my half attempt at a... Uh, Emperor Palpatine. I'd be afraid to see your full attempt. That was that was great. <laughs> uh, I've been working on that one for a long time. I always just kind of think of the stupid um, Family Guy Star Wars uh, <laughs> special. Something, something, dark side. <laughs> something, something, complete. I do like Cal Kestis a lot. I think that was a really fun original character that they brought into the entire canon. And I love that he kind of only lives in a video game right now. He might make it into the TV series like we talked about, but I think it was super fun to see that be a thing, like a video game character, even though it's like done in the styling of a real person to like show up like that. That'd be great. Yeah, I think it's there's something more to the fact that you have his backstory lives within a medium that you can't just access through Disney plus, right. You like have to kind of get into something else completely to get into it. Um, so I definitely think that was a good one. And I will go back to the force unleashed as much as I had some struggles playing that game. I got to say, I was very into Kento Merrick. Is that the main uh, Sam Witwer character? Yeah. Sam Witwer. <laughs> I know him as, as Sam Witwer from being human more than the, or the guy in the mist that gets dragged out. <laughs> That's true. Or no, I'm sorry. His name was not Kento Merrick. What am I even looking at here? That is um, Galen. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, just for put me out of my misery here. And yeah, I have to come back down to uh back to Rogue Squadron. I love playing as Wedge, man. Mm. That was a lot of fun. I've always had a uh an affinity for Wedge Antilles. I know I just picked like three very average characters. <laughs> but I think that they bring something to the canon that you didn't see before. And I don't know. I just love that. That wedge is always like the dude that you rely on to be the pilot. He got kind of done wrong in the, the new sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. We really didn't get any mention of him at all, but he got his moments when they mattered most. I don't know. And I think if we play fully through nice of the old Republic, there's probably some great characters in there. Mm -hmm. I will say, you know what? Scratch wedge. Let's go to BD one. BD one's great too. Get a lot of, get a lot of love for falling on my list. And add That's Luke's wife to yours. <laughs> Mara Jade. <laughs> I mean, but you don't get to know Mara Jade. She's just a fighter in that game. She's fun to play with. I'll say <laughs> that. Like, that sounds very terrible. I mean, she's fun to to operate as a fighter in that game. I get you. 
you know what I mean. I wouldn't talk about it like that. But yeah, that game that game was super fun. I wish they'd upgrade that game because I tried to go back and look at it. It looks terrible now. Like so so polygonish. <laughs> but those are our, our power rankings. We'll land at yeah. We'll throw Mara Jade on there. Why not? <laughs> BD1, Mara Jade, Galen. What about me? <laughs> Qui-Gon. <laughs> QAnon Jim. I mean, Qui-Gon Jim. <laughs> I just love the idea that Liam Neeson doesn't remember and he's like doing cameos or something for <laughs> like Star Wars. Like, you may remember me as Kudio Johnny. <laughs> like, just not getting it right. Wait, is this a real thing? Did he like mess up a cameo in his own name? No, but I, that's what I pictured in my head. <laughs> oh, I see. I've got problems, <laughs> but I think about this all day. That's pretty, it's pretty great because I just feel like. He's so far from anything he's done from that era. Now he's just constantly doing action movies, action movie, action movie. I, I'm fine with it. I'm excited for his uh, his next one. Yeah. Oh, uh, me too, man. Loose with a bullet. I don't know if that's the name of it. <laughs> Number one with a bullet. <laughs> yeah, it's another what's his name? The guy who made Casino Royale. And if he keeps pumping out action movies, I'll keep watching them. The Foreigner, The Protégé. He needs to get JCVD in there, pick up after our last episode. Mm-hmm. Let's put this episode out of its misery, Fred. It's been a lot of fun talking Star Wars today. Uh, we tried to stay on topic as much as we can. <laughs> and it's uh, obviously difficult to go through a very, very large franchise. We covered a lot of games. We did. Um, we, I think people, there's something for everybody here, just like a Star Wars game. Absolutely. That, and I hope, if anything, people will hear something that they like today and go check it out. Um, speaking of things that they might like and want to check out, Fred, would you like to uh, plug anything at this time? Uh, just check out the Interchange Theater in Milwaukee for shows. Um, I'm not sure what I have going on in the month of May. Actually, hold on. Let me pull up the old calendar here and... Rifle through some pages here. <gasps> you know what? I What's have that? two comedy shows, May 6th, May 6th and May 7th. And one of them is probably a Star Wars theme show. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I should have thought about this. Yeah, I think um, uh, we're going to have a Revenge of the Sixth show on friday oh. uh, come check that out and then again on saturday team tina yeah interchangetheater.com go check it out my goodness i get a little nervous when you talk about star wars themed shows because uh i don't think you were part of bruce city comedy at that time no but i've but heard the tales of the star wars show i'll also mention our buy me a coffee page if you want to help support the show and uh all of our proceeds and donations are going to go right back into producing the show. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash SOTF. That's buymeacoffee.com slash SOTF. Uh, also give a shout out to our new email. Um, that is state of the franchise podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions for the show, we'll start addressing them because why not? We can. We'll maybe take a question block about your favorite franchises or, you know, pitch us on some ideas. If you have things you really want to hear, we're open to hear about them. 
Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. May the Force be with you always. May the Fourth be with you always. I don't have a good plan. That's just all we can do. Thank you for tuning into this week's State of the Franchise. If you like what you're hearing, please remember to rate and review us. We're available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for next time. We'll be talking about Batman. That's Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns, as well as Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Get your ice puns ready, and we'll see you then. What is that giant hairy animal there? Why is it talking to me? (laughs) I can't do it. I got no juice in my throat. (laughs) You need to get hydrated.